Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser coming at you from the 13th Avenue studio right here in Fargo, North Dakota. We have Aaron producing right through that big old pane of glass there. And you're not a pane, Aaron. Don't, I'm not saying that. It's, that's P-A-N-E is what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. We've got a great show for you today, a pro-life themed show with many pro-life guests. And as always, we begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you. We thank you for all the gifts you give us, the gift of life, the gift of your Son and the Spirit, the gift of the church, the sacraments, our families. Lord, impress upon our hearts today the importance of life, the importance of treating every person with the dignity of a person as a unique, unrepeatable, indispensable person. We ask you to bless our guests as they share what the Holy Spirit is putting upon their heart. We put all this at the feet of our Blessed Mother and pray for her powerful intercession as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of love and life, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome again, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser. We are pleased to welcome Deacon Harold Burke Sivers to the program. Welcome, Deacon. Hello. Thank you so much for having me today. It's great hey, to be with you. Well, thanks. It's, it's so good to have, have you with us. You know, you're a busy man, Deacon. I, I hear you on the, the radio and I see you on TV and, and you're doing some USCCB uh, reflections. I mean, do you, do you ever sleep or eat, my friend? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> and, <laughs> Not much during Lent, though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, that's great. Well, well Deacon, that's wonderful. Now, obviously, most of our listeners know about you, but tell our listeners a little bit about yourself for those who might not know you well. Yeah, just uh, quickly, I was born in Barbados. My uh, mother was the first Catholic in our family. She was a Methodist that became uh, Catholic as a teenager. I'm the oldest child, so I'm the first baptized Catholic in our family, mm. and uh, went to Catholic schools my whole life, from grade school to graduate school. Um, thought I made, it, uh, thought I had a vocation to monastic life, and discerned a vocation with the Benedictines. And then uh, when I left the monastery, I met my wife and uh, moved out from New Jersey, where I grew up, to Oregon, and uh, discerned a call to the diaconate there, and was ordained in 2002. And then uh, God called me in 2011 to leave my career in law enforcement to speak and to write full-time. And so I did that in 2012, and I've been uh, traveling around and speaking ever since. Wonderful. So, Deacon, now, if you were ordained 22 years ago, you must have had small children at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. So at the... Uh, Time of ordination, we had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and my wife was pregnant with the twins. Wow, wow, that, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. Balancing work and life and 
you know, marriage and diaconate. It must have been kind of a a, a delicate balance, a, a prayerful balance, I would assume. Yeah, as long as you keep the priorities, always God first, then family, then everything else. Mm-hmm. And some people say, well, I thought you put your family first. And I said, we know that if I don't put God first in my life, I'm no good to my wife and kids. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so, so, as long as, and, and listening to my wife, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, listening to her when she, you know, I, you know I, I, I need you home here. And, you know, in the beginning what we did is we sat down with the pastor we, and we talked about, you know, um, our family situation, obviously very unique, being ordained with kids that young. But the bishop, archbishop felt that we could serve as a model for family life. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, I, I think uh, I think we have. As long as I listen to my wife and and um, and she understands that you know God's called me to this vocation too. But what, what we don't want is for the church to become a mistress. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're spending so much time with her, you're not spending enough time with me. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's really just listening to her, and um, and because I really believe the Holy Spirit speaks through my mm-hmm. wife. Mm-hmm. If I don't listen to her, I'm a fool. Right. So, um, again, God, family, everything else, listen to my wife. You do that, and uh, you, you, you find the, the proper balance and perspective. I like that. We're talking with the deacon Harold Burke Sivers about his call to the deacon and, of course, his marriage vocation as well. And, of course, it fits in real well with what we're talking about today, pro-life, pro-family. You know, we talk about the breakdown of the family, deacon Harold, and uh, Boy, and you've probably felt even the stresses in your own life. Like I said, the call to the diaconate, you are working full-time, you have young children. What are some of the keys to really keeping family first? Because you mentioned got to keep family first. What are some of the keys to that, Deacon? Well, you have to understand um, that the, uh, the the evil one is trying to destroy the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was his plan since Genesis chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, everything was fine. The family was established. They have the covenant relationship with God, and then the devil shows up. And the first thing he went after was the family. And the first person he went after in the family was the woman. Mm -hmm. Why? Women have a special intimacy with the Holy Spirit as life givers and life bearers. Mm -hmm. Even if a woman decides never to have a child, she becomes a nun, a sister. Uh, By the very nature of how God created a woman, they have the ability to participate in the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit in a way that we men can never fully understand or imagine ever. And so the devil goes after her first, not because she's weaker than the man, not because she's not as intelligent as the man. She, he, he is the author of death, so he goes after the one who gives life. That was his point. She, she was the greatest of all of God's creation. That's why she was created last. God saved his best work for last. He saved the one who brings forth life. He saved her for last. And the man's job was to serve, protect, and defend the family. And when it came time to do that, he stood there and said and did nothing while Satan destroyed his family. That's the same game plan that Satan has today. He is going after the family. This whole culture of death that we're experiencing today, everything from abortion to euthanasia, to assisted suicide, to the so-called redefinition of marriage and gender. All of this is part of Satan's plan to destroy the family. And that's why so many of these horrific crimes against the culture of life are against women. The life bearers, human trafficking, pornography, uh, abortion, all these things are direct attacks against the culture of life and against women. 
And that's why the work of crisis pregnancy centers and, and building up strong families, that's why I do so much work with men. You know, um, I'm trying to get these men to really understand what their roles are because the way I see it, strong men, strong families, strong families, strong church, strong church, we take back this culture. Absolutely. Talking about, again, Deacon Harold Burke Service. Great insights there on, on the importance of family, importance of motherhood, importance of fatherhood, and, of course, how the evil one is always trying to drive a wedge between that. And, of course, we realize that, you know, Adam and Eve, naked and unashamed in Genesis 2.25, and all of a sudden, after sin, they're, they're ashamed, right? And then drive a wedge between them and God, within themselves, with each other, with all of creation, Wow, we had we had a lot going on there, Deacon. Let's talk just a little bit about your new your new show, uh, which I think probably addresses all these things. Called Beacon of Truth. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, over the years, I have nine television series on EWTN, and I had a radio show uh, several years ago uh, called Morning Glory. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, ever since that the radio show ended, you know, um, EWTN always told me in the back, you know, just keep something in the back of your head, you know, for later on down the road. And so they reached out to me in the middle of last year and said, okay, yeah, we think, you know, we're, you know the time has come now for you to, you know, to do another show for us, radio show for us, and start thinking about what you want to do. And so we were kicking around some ideas, and then, uh, you know, this, uh, and then they came up with the title Beacon of Truth. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so what we're trying to do is really... Um, spread the truth of the Catholic faith and love. Um, you know, the, Jesus says the truth sets you free. And the truth is not a philosophy. The truth is not an idea. The truth is not a social construct. Uh, truth ultimately is a person. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, not a truth, the truth and the life. And so uh, the, the, it's about developing a deep, intimate, personal relationship with truth, Jesus Christ, who is truth itself, and allowing that truth to set us free to become the person who God created us to be. And uh, I think what's unique about the show is not just we're we're speaking about the truth and love, Ephesians 4.15, but we're also, um, I'm doing a deep dive into the Psalms. You know, uh, there's a segment of the show that we we explore the Psalms, because you think about it, you know, you leave Master, oh, that, that... first reading really hit me today, or that, that gospel really spoke to me. How many times do you say, well, the Psalms, you know, oh, that Psalm really spoke to me today. Like, no, no one ever says <laughs> yeah, that. So, yeah. um, and I love, love, love the Psalms. I pray them every day in the Liturgy of the Hours, Divine Office. And so I want to um, break open the Psalms and really share with people how God is speaking to us through those beautiful um, hymns of praise and worship. Amen. Talk with the deal. Deacon Harold the Burke Sivers. Sorry about that, Deacon. Yeah, that, that that sounds wonderful. You know, speaking the truth in love. You, of course, you mentioned freedom and truth, and and they have to be th- they're hand in hand, right? The way we are truly free is to live the truth. You know, I I talk to youth and people all the time, and I'm sure you use simple examples like this. Like, look at any game you play, right? Like basketball or checkers or whatever. There's rules, and how are you free when you play within the truth of the game, right? If you try to get outside of the truth of what's going on, you're not really free, and there's chaos. And same thing with the human person, right, in our relationships. If we don't live that truth, there's going to be chaos. Well, the lie of the culture says that, you know, I'm free to do whatever I want, you know, but mm-hmm. it's that freedom which is really licensed, and it's actually not freedom at all. 
because that quote-unquote freedom actually leads to slavery. You know, by, by doing whatever you want, you become a slave to your desires. You become a slave to your passions. And those things don't make you free at all. What, what true freedom is, when your will, your wants, your needs, your hopes, your desires, your dreams, when your will is in communion and one with God's will, now you're truly free. Why? Because now you're free to become the person who God created you to be. Now you're able to use the gifts and talents that God has given you for his glory, and that's authentic freedom. Amen. As Pope John Paul II says, freedom is for love. Freedom is the vehicle, and love is the end. So well put, Deacon, Deacon Harold. Well, you know what? You're also going to speak here at uh, March 5th at the Duluth uh, Real Presence Radio Banquet. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to be at the banquet in Duluth. Um, I've done some uh, other um, banquets for uh, Real Friends Radio. I'm excited to be there. And I'm going to be talking about um, evangelization, about effective evangelization, and how we can really spread the truth of our faith in love, uh, how we can, in a sense, defend the faith without being defensive. <laughs> you know, especially... Yes. One thing I want to emphasize is um, at that banquet is uh, uh, our loved ones, especially our children who are away from the church. How do we even begin to have conversations mm-hmm. about, you know, uh, having the kids even reconsidering coming back to their Catholic faith? So I'm going to talk about that as well. Wonderful. That's great. You know, Deacon, um, it's so good. And I think there's still room for the, at that banquet if I, all right, I'm sure you, Real Presence Radio, you can find out more information and you can find out how to register for that banquet as well. Uh, We're going to keep Deacon Harold over the break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit, especially pro-life. How do we have these crucial conversations with loved ones or with people who disagree with us in love and try to help positively persuade them to live the truth of the human person and what life means? You're listening to Real Presence Radio, and we'll be back right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. We have all lost someone to the reality of death, some more tragic than others. I'm Father Chris Alar. While grieving is a natural process, it helps if you know how to navigate your way through it. As my friend Sammy Wood says, you can never get over a tragic loss, but you can get through it. Come to know the stages of grief, which are acute, integrated, and complicated grief. Seek help whenever needed, either from a friend or especially from medical professionals. There is no shame in asking for help. Remember, Jesus accepted the help of his followers while bearing the weight of the cross on his way to Calvary. Don't go it alone. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss 
not just suicide. I promise it will help. For centuries, healthcare has been central to the healing ministry of the church. Today's technologies offer exciting possibilities, but also serious moral questions. More than ever, we need healthcare leaders who serve with integrity and conviction. The University of Mary answers the call to prepare leaders anchored in moral courage in a breathtaking range of programs from bioethics to nursing. Visit catholicprofessional.life. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, your host today from the Fargo studio. We are talking with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers about pro-life, pro-family, and all the great things that happen with that. Speaking the truth in love. Well, Deacon Harold, you know, it's no secret to our listeners, and everyone knows that uh, we had the Dobbs decision come down, and of course, which overturned Roe versus Wade, but all that did, that just simply sent the issue of abortion back to the states. And since that time, we have seen a huge polarization right here, for instance, where I live, Fargo, North Dakota, is very, very pro-life. But right across the river with Minnesota, which is very, very pro-abortion, as a matter of fact, our one abortion clinic that had been in North Dakota moved just across the river a few miles to Moorhead, and, and now they're, they, you know, they're doing business there, if you will. So um, we have this great polarization, don't we? It seems like people are just yelling at each other. It's very difficult to have an honest conversation. What in the world can we do to make a positive response and a practical response in this situation? Well, I think the big mistake that we make is thinking that we can change minds and hearts. Mm-hmm. We can't. The Holy Spirit has to do that. Our job is simply to throw seeds of faith. And Jesus gives us the whole model in the parable of the sower. He said the farmers out there throwing seeds, and some seeds out on the rocky soil, some on sandy soil, some on thorny soil. Some of the weeds came and choked it, some of the birds came and ate it. And some landed on good soil. Where the seed lands is not our problem. Our, our job is to be faithful and throw the seeds, because it's, it's it what St. Paul say, I seeded Apollos watered, God gave the yield. So our job is to throw the seeds, because it's God that gives that seed of faith fertilizer and sunlight and tills the soil and allows that seed of faith to grow in the person's heart. We can't do that. Only God can do that. So as long as we think, well, if I just give them this devastating argument by St. Thomas Aquinas, if I just give them this um, Scott Hahn DVD, if I just give them this uh, catechism, I know I can convert them. It's that kind of mentality. We're thinking that, you know, I'm just going to shove this truth down their throat and, and, and I'm just going to have to get it. That doesn't work. We, we, you know, it's the evangelization and, and changing minds and hearts is a process. And our job is to throw, because think about it, it this, the seed, God can't work with the seed if the seed's not there. Mm-hmm. So God leaves it for us to throw that seed. So here's what I do. Um, I use uh, typically what's called the Socratic method. So I, I, I ask questions. So, for example, someone says, you, you, know, you are, are not you know, taking away a woman's choice to choose. I say, okay, uh, you know, when is it ever okay to take the life of an innocent person? Can you tell me one situation where it's okay to take the life of an innocent person? 
And then, so they think, and then they get upset because they know you asked a question that was, oh, okay, okay, I can't say it's a person. Well, it's not really a person, it's a blob of tissue. I said, really? So two human beings come together, create something that's not, what is it, a brick or a pizza? And at some point it becomes human, is that what you're saying? And because that's what they said about slavery. They said that black people were property and not human beings. That's the way they justified slavery. So are you doing the same thing? Help me to understand what you're saying here, right? You <laughs> see, because yeah, what exactly. you're doing, see, what they what they often do is they want you get so they, they give you these they yell at you to scream at you because they want you so caught up in the emotion that you don't think. And what I love about one of the things I many things I love about being Catholic is that we're a thinking church. So let's get the emotion out of the way and get people thinking, get their get their heart stirring as to what truth really is. Yeah, so true. That makes good sense. And then I think just as you mentioned, I can tell, you know, when you're talking, just, you know, remaining calm, not attacking the person, simply asking questions about their views and asking them to clarify. They have to think, they have to come up with the answers, and then they start, whoa. Some, some of them, I, I would guess, well, I've, I've had conversations like this as well. Some people, you know, know, know that, wow, okay, this is... This makes sense. Some people just get angry and walk away, you know, and then that's going to happen. Like you said, the seed did not fall in good soil, at least not at that moment, right? And so we just have to make sure we remain faithful, as Mother Teresa says, right? Well, yeah, but they walk away thinking. Yeah. You see, that, yep. that's the key. They, they, don't, they, they may walk away upset, they may walk away angry, but they walk away thinking, hey, you know what? He asked a question, I didn't really have a good answer to that. You know, or, ooh. I never thought about it from that perspective before. And so, you know, I mean, I can, uh, the Holy Spirit's not going to work immediately like that, although he could, obviously, but he's not going to work, typically not work immediately. But, but at least that seed of faith can now start to grow in that person's heart. And, and, and they may come back to you with more questions. Right. And that's what you want. Because what's the goal? The goal is, how do I get this person in front of me? to want to listen to more of what I have to say. Because if, you, if your attitude is, I'm going to win this argument, then the person walks away from you, and they're more upset and angry than when you first started. What did you accomplish then? Nothing. The goal should be, how do I get this person want to listen more? So, so they leave, but they, they leave thinking, and they say, you know what? I'm going to ask them nothing. And they come back to you again. That's what you want. You want the dialogue to continue. You want them to keep thinking deeply and seriously about the position that they hold. You want them to think about what truth actually is, what really makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the beginning of dialogue, and that's the beginning of how the Holy Spirit can work in people's lives. Right. We're talking with the Deacon Harold Burke Sivers here about pro-life strategies. Exactly. And one thing I always say to other people, too, in addition to you know, having those questions or planting the seeds, they're thinking, also, they're also should be thinking, that person cares about me. You know, they didn't yell at me. They didn't scream. This person cares about me. And so they have that double edge, right, of, gosh, this person cares. They got me thinking. Yes, now they're going to probably come back and ask you some more questions. Deacon, you know, this also kind of fits into the idea of conscience, doesn't it? Because when that person walks away, you can tell there's something that's going to be eaten on their conscience. Like, ah, yeah, let me think about this. Talk a little bit about conscience, proper formation of conscience, and its role in these discussions. Yeah, so conscience always has to be formed toward the truth. So, so when you think about God's law, right, there's God's eternal law, which is God's inner intelligibility. I mean, those are the laws that create supermassive black holes, 
to subatomic particles and neutrinos, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have God's divine law. That's the part of God's eternal law that has been revealed to us. And the fullness of that revelation of divine law is Jesus Christ. They have the natural moral law. And it's the natural law is that part of God's eternal law that is implanted in the hearts of every single human being, regardless of race, uh, class, color, religion. It's the natural law. And the fun- fundamental principle of the natural law is do good and avoid evil, right? And so the conscience is the practical application of that fundamental principle, to do good and avoid evil. So, but the conscience has to be formed, properly formed, and it has to be properly formed toward the truth, not, not opinion. You see, so, so if the conscience is not properly formed, you, you, you're going to think, for example, oh, this woman was, was sexually assaulted, which is a horrible uh, thing. I've, I've investigated those when I was in my law enforcement career. I've investigated rape. So I understand how devastating that could be. And very few of them end up in pregnancy. But if it does, then you know, the conscience says, well, we have to eliminate the, uh, the, the, the whole situation and just get rid of the child and that was conceived. But wait a minute, that child is a crime victim. Mm-hmm. That child is an innocent victim of crime, and we don't kill innocent victims of crime. But it wasn't fair that was what happened to her. And you're right, it's not fair. It is absolutely not fair. It was horrific. But why should that child that did nothing suffer a death penalty for something that they didn't even do? You know, I mean, so, so it's about thinking. It's helping people to think in a different way, forming conscious, helping to form conscious in a way that is geared toward the ultimate question that they don't want to ask, that they don't want to think about. So it's getting to think and understand from a different perspective, because we live in a culture that's disposable. You don't like something, get rid of it. You don't like your marriage, get rid of it. You don't like this, just exchange it for something else. And we can't do that when it comes to, to to life. Yes, exactly, Deacon. Of course, Pope Francis always talks about this throwaway culture. Persons, human persons, are never... A problem. It's their attitudes and their and their actions can be a problem. But eliminating a human person is never an answer to the question. An innocent human person. Yeah, exactly. Well, Deacon, let's. We got just a couple minutes left. Let's get back to your uh, speaking at the banquet and the importance of supporting uh, your Catholic radio stations. Well, who would have thought that in the 21st century that an early 20th century technology would be one of the primary means of evangelization? But that's exactly what's happened with Catholic radio. Right? Mm, yeah. and, I mean, I think more people, I mean, radio's definitely made a comeback. Um, I, I think that um, more people listening to radio now, at least than, than ever before, at least when I was younger, you know, um, and, and people are really learning about their faith and they're growing. And, um, you know, it's beautiful. I mean, it, there's no excuse right now why we can't learn something new about our Catholic faith every day. You know, and it's especially helpful to fill in those gap times, those gaps and spaces in your day. Um, you know, when you're in your car, when you're cooking dinner, what are you listening to? Turn off the sports, turn off the political talk radio, and, and put on some Catholic uh, radio to, to help you learn and grow in your faith and help you, you know, to have those conversations that allow God's Holy Spirit to work in the lives of other people. So Catholic radio is a, a true gift. Uh, uh, to the church. 
That's true, and it's, it's very non-threatening as well. You can just turn it on and, and listen, right? If, if someone's, you know, you don't have to be out in the open if, if you're someone who's, like, scared of what does this Catholic Church have to teach or whatever. It's, 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 it's personal, right? It's intimate as well. It's, it's person to person. That's wonderful. So, Deacon Harold, uh, Duluth, on March 5th, you'll be speaking at, at, at that banquet. And again, people can get more information at Real Presence Radio. Go to our website. Uh, Deacon, any final thoughts and encouragement you want to leave our audience? Well, you know, we have Lent starting uh, tomorrow with Ash Wednesday. So one of the things we can do for a culture of life is to pray and fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I strongly recommend fasting. We only have one fasting day in Lent, and that's tomorrow, mm-hmm. Ash Wednesday. Remember, Good Friday's not in Lent. Uh, Lent ends with the start of the Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday. It starts the Triduum. So, but I would recommend you pray and fast. Not just fast from food, from fast that's something you enjoy. Maybe you're not going to watch your favorite television show for three weeks in a row. <clears throat> to offer that fast, united with your prayer, to help build a culture of life. Mm, that's so good. Well, Deacon Harold, thanks again so much for being with us. Thank you for your ministry. We appreciate that, and we look forward to having you come up to our neck of the woods uh, speaking at the Duluth Banquet on March 5th. Thank you so much, and God bless you, Deacon. Thank you for having me. It's great to be with you. All right, absolutely. Well, coming up next, of course, we've had the Pro-Life March this year. We'll have some youth who went on that Pro-Life March, and they will share their experiences. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Luke 5, Jesus invites Peter, weary from a night of fruitless fishing, back out onto the Sea of Galilee to cast his nets one more time and trust Jesus for the results. To cast into the deep is to let go of our own opinions, desires, and the way things or people should be. To cast into the deep, even where we have already fished with no results, is to let go of independence, autonomy, and self-determination. The sooner we realize that our Beloved is holding us in His hands, the sooner we can get about the business of doing our Father's will, the sooner we will become disciples. Proverbs sums up this great secret lesson learned by the saints. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Let go and trust the Lord to direct your activities and your life. He knows what He's doing. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. I want to share with fellow business owners how underwriting Real Presence Radio has been a tremendous blessing to our clinic. Supporting Real Presence Radio as an underwriter allows me to support the mission and work of the new evangelization and also helps us spread the word about Catholic patient-centered eye care in the Fargo-Moorhead area. We've seen a huge return on investment with new patients who found out about Lumen Vision through RPR. If you're a business owner, I'd highly encourage you to consider underwriting Real Presence 
Presence Radio. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of RPR, and I hope you will be too. Uh, I remember even during that time, and, and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, and whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially with his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth and I would go, there's no way this person is not close closer to God than I am. Mm. Uh, you know. So I always had this sort of secret respect for, uh, for John Paul II. Of course, I never said this to any of my <laughs> brethren friends. You, know. you wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I... I, I I, I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament, they had communion every Sunday. And so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the scriptures. And so I'm really thankful to them for that. 